Welcome to Leadership Network's Future Church Podcast, a podcast with groundbreaking ideas curated just for you. With the need for the gospel in our generation, we must not look for a silver bullet approach. We believe there are many expressions of the local church. Learn how today's thought leaders are navigating the future of the church, 21st century solutions to 21st century challenges. We help leaders get the clarity needed to move from good ideas and intentions to results and impact. For more information about Leadership Network's resources, to help you pursue healthy growth and 100x impact, visit leadnet.org. Welcome to the Leadership Network Ventures podcast. In each podcast, we interview a grant winner from our recent Shark Tank. Uh, During these Shark Tanks, we invite new and innovative initiatives to talk about how they're finding new ways to share the gospel and make disciples. My name is Hal Mayer, and today I'm hosting and talking with Jeff Reed from the Digital Church Network. Hey, Jeff. Hey, everybody. How are we doing? Tell us a little bit about Jeff. Uh, I don't know. Some of your story. Awesome. Yeah, you're doing a deep cut right off the bat here, Hal. Yeah, I don't want to throw softballs. I know who you are. You can handle this. Very cool. Married, two kids. Uh, I, I live in Miami, Florida. Um, so I've got, I've got two dogs. One dog loves me. One dog hates me, but that's a <laughs> completely irrelevant conversation to, to what we got here. Um, you know, maybe for me, like the, the thing, my first online Bible study, the first online Bible study I ever taught was in the year 2000. I literally oh, got wow. tried. Yeah. I tried to get hired as a digital pastor out of college, graduated TCU, Texas Christian, 1999, go horn frogs. Uh, and, and what's <laughs> very interesting is that no churches in the year 2000 were interested in hiring me as a, as a digital pastor. To this day, I don't really understand why nobody would hire me in the year 2000 as a digital pastor. So I started my own company, eBeliever.com, in the year 2000, creating Name an online company. community. What's the company? eBeliever.com. So oh, this is okay. back, you know, eBay, electronic, sure, e, sure. you know, back in early 2000s, before the iPhone and it made it the i thing. So, yeah, I I actually I owned uh, eBeliever.com. It was an online community. This is before Facebook. Facebook was like in colleges. Social media really wasn't a thing. This is before. I mean, like it was it was Napster and it was MySpace, the first version of MySpace. (laughs) MySpace. Uh, And so, you know, I created an online community. We had 40,000 people part of an online community in the year 2000. We were doing uh, music reviews, movie reviews, uh, online Bible studies, like I said. I took 75 people through the book of James in, in the year 2000. So this is before, like, I was actually calling up churches. Um, I'm going to drop a name here, and I'm sorry, but Greg Mott was at the time, he was a college pastor over at College Station. And we actually were playing Greg Mott's sermons from what, what he was doing with Breakaway Ministries at, uh, at College Station, sure. Texas A&M. We were doing, hey, he was like the one of the first video teachings that I know of online. And uh, it was it was incredibly successful. It was an awesome blast. And so it's it's interesting when I hear people are like, oh, yeah, we've been we've been doing uh, online ministry for like a couple of years or in the COVID season. We really pivoted. I'm like, dude, dude, no, 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 no. The year 2000, like it's decades uh, for me on, on that starting back then. And really, honestly, the rest of my life has been five or six businesses at this point, you know, a nonprofit uh, working with existing church staffs working on church staffs, really everything centered around helping the church understand technology. And, and really, it's all kind of come to a crux here uh, with what we're doing with Digital Church Network. 
that's I didn't know that about you, Jeff. Oh, yeah. So, so you were an original in this space. Yeah, it was. Yeah, for me, uh, this is the honest to God truth. And, and it, I never actually had the job title digital pastor until 2015, 2016. So I spent a decade plus championing this with outside organizations, trying to help the big C church understand this working, you know, a, a serial entrepreneur. I've, like I said, five or six businesses, just whatever angle, whatever perspective working with churches. There was a church that hired me to be a digital pastor, but I could never get past the production aspects of what I was doing to get to that point. And so I left to go somewhere else and they wanted me as a digital pastor, but then they changed their mind once they got me on site. And, <laughs> and so literally I, I just was the guy with these crazy dreams, uh, but never actually got to execute on it until 2015. And then I was the crazy guy on the church staff that was doing micro locations across the country and kids student ministry kids ministry, deaf ministry online, Spanish ministry online, like doing, once again, all crazy stuff pre-COVID. And uh, the the church that I was at, this is 2016, 2017, they were like, you know what, we're not, we're not really interested in that, Jeff. We're going to like shut everything down, really just focus on what we're doing with the building. This is, this is a true story. So that year was 20, that was 2018. We're going to shut everything down and really simplify it. COVID hits 2020. I get a call from senior leadership. Hey, Jeff, where are all those plans uh, that you were working on, like the software? <laughs> like, I don't even go to this church anymore, but they reach out. They could like, could we like flip the switch and bring all that back on? Do we still have that infrastructure, that software in place? Yeah, you can figure. And so helped them, you know, get it going for uh, for uh, the COVID season. But in, in many ways, and this is not to toot my own horn, my friends in, in COVID, they called me Noah. Hey, Jeff, you're yeah. the guy who saw this coming for so long. <laughs> how, how? Go help. Go run. Go. It's funny. Like, I literally, I get a friend that texts me every, whatever it was, maybe it's March 16th. He's, he's like, happy church online day. Because that was the day that everybody in America became, a, a, you know, every oh. church became a, a, a digital church. And so evidently, at least according to my friend, it's a national holiday and he celebrates it with me every, whatever that was. <laughs> that is so good. Well, to, to move into the digital church network, to starting that, what was the uh, pain point, maybe the itch? What was it God did to birth that in you? You know, it was interesting. Uh, the idea, and, and just even to be specific here with Digital Church Network, what we do is we help people plant churches in digital space. Okay. So like the, the average physical church that's got a church on the corner of you know main and second street that's broadcasting their church services online that's offering some sort of a small group that's doing social media to drive people into the physical building i love what you're doing there's a ton of other people that can help with that that's not me and right. so what what we're doing with digital church network is we're working with planters church planters and church pastors to plant expressions of church in digital communities. So we're talking Facebook groups, or we're talking social media, we're talking Twitch, we're talking Discord, we're talking some of these virtual reality worlds like Altspace VR, Rec Room VR chat. And if you don't understand like the words that are coming out of my mouth, that's that's awesome. That's okay. We can teach you. But but the fact is, is that the, the real nuance of what we're doing are planting these churches, like ecclesiologically stable, biblically grounded churches in Facebook. 
in uh, you know some of these other platforms. What would a TikTok church that was actually biblically grounded look like? These are some of the things that, that we're working on and helping planters dig into. And, and the impetus of all of this came from Google. You see, I had a, a webpage, The Church Digital, in 2018. I resigned from the church that I was working at. I really felt God was help, telling me, help the big C church figure out digital. And, and so I created a website, The Church Digital, blogs, podcasts. I was talking about all sorts of stuff, you know, streaming, the technology, the small groups. Um, and, and what was interesting was I got really Google landed on one of my pages and started really feeding a lot of people to me. Um, and so I was really being found in a lot of Google searches and, and the Google, the page itself was talking about using discipleship to plant a church in digital space. Like when I wrote this, this was like a theoretical, I'm thinking way outside the box. I'm not trying to accomplish anything, but I started having conversations with people that were interested in doing this and like their, their pastor uh, of their church. They're, more often than not, they were bivocational. They were not on staff. It was a volunteer. And they were like, my pastor, Jeff, thinks I'm nuts. My denomination is not interested in this idea at all. Even my spouse and my friends don't know how to be supportive because they've never seen this done before. Am I nuts? And so after the, you know, the first time you have that conversation, second, third time, maybe you're nuts. Pray about it. Here's some ideas. Here's what I, I would do. Well, the reality is, is I've had that conversation 600 times at this point uh, since 2019, 2020. And so right now, when I have that conversation, to be honest, no, you're not nuts. As a matter of fact, there's three of my friends that are doing a relatively similar process. Why don't I get you connected to them, let you collaborate and start to talk through this? And so it's really been about meeting this need of helping these unique planters, people that want to engage in digital community and use that for a disciple making to grow a church, a multiplying church in digital and metaverse space. Like it's it's almost if you would take a micro church strategy and apply that not into a physical city, but into a uh, a digital community. That's what we're trying to do through DCN and have been moderately successful doing it so far. So just connecting people, right? Who, yeah, it's it's all right. I want to ask you a question. I'd ask you this before, but if people aren't asking you this, they're not being honest. <laughs> Here it is. I've been online and possibly posed as a different person than myself and seen other people go by nicknames and all that. And I'm going, okay, church is supposed to be about authenticity. Are you really able to have authentic relationships? I mean, what type of discussions can you really have if I'm big H on there? I mean, totally, totally and completely. It's funny. Uh, there's a guy that I've been interacting with online for 18 months in virtual reality. His name is Cheddars. I met him for the first time in physical space last week. And I discovered Cheddars, though, actually, I'm not going to say Cheddars name on on air. But he said his name when he met me. And I was like, no, don't tell me. Because it was the honestly, it was the first time that that I'd heard his real name. I had a great relationship with the guy. And it never actually occurred to me that he was inauthentic or fake because it was who he is. As a matter of fact, I didn't even recognize him 
until I heard his voice. And when he spoke to me, I immediately said, hey, it's Cheddar's. Great to see you. Come here. Give me a hug. From a ministry standpoint, honestly, in virtual reality, the greatest opportunity we have to minister to people is when we don't know their names. Because when we, and in digital ministry, this exists as well, because there's distance, there's a lens, there's a camera between some of these conversations. People are incredibly authentic when you don't, when they think you're not in a position to judge them. And so because I'm having a conversation with Cheddars or with Alice Queen of Hell or um, Lux Boy 24, like whatever it is, I can have a heartfelt disciple making evangelical conversation where they are brutally honest. There is no filter. There is no defense mechanism in virtual reality because I'm staring at a at, a, at their at their cartoon image. And, and having no idea who these people actually are. So you're, you're saying there's safety. That So give me a, a story of something. I mean, I know in church, when people in physical uh, church, when people show up there, we come looking good. We come with our best face on. We start smiling in the car. And I get all that. And I get to authentic relationships, but it's not the first time I meet somebody. It usually yeah. takes some time. It takes a coffee or two, and then they're not sure if they can trust me and what you said. But tell me how quick you can get to a depth relationship where you hear a pain point. I mean, oh, to well, talk to me about Give me an illustration of one. Yeah, to totally and completely. By, by the way, some of these churches, and we're fine-tuning on virtual reality, uh, but some of these churches in virtual reality are telling me they're seeing 80 to 85% atheists and agnostics. Oh, wow. attending their, their their church services of virtual reality. As a matter of fact, that's actually a very conservative number, especially as you go into some of these other worlds like VR chat, where it's they're like, no, it's 100 percent. Ain't nobody has any grounding of who Jesus is in this space right now. Uh, and so like missionally, the opportunities to engage yeah. are incredible in, in virtual reality. And I just wrote a book on this uh, VR in the metaverse church. Published through my, my friends over at Leadership Network. Love slow, you guys. Slow down a second. Tell me the name of the book again and tell me where I can find it. VR in the Metaverse Church. How God is moving in this virtual yet quite real reality. And so you can swing over to leadnet.org slash VR book. And that'll redirect you. It's it's published through Exponential. And uh, you can download the, the PDF for free. Uh, so you get immediate access to it. Hey, if you really love me and you want to buy the soft cover from uh, from Amazon or the Kindle version, there's a link at that website as well. V, uh, it's uh, leadnet.org slash VR book. But okay. one of the stories that I tell in there is actually, I referenced it earlier, Alice, Queen of Hell. So Alice, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, Alice laughing at me right now. It's crazy, right? So there's this, there's, she's actually a Satanist slash neo-pagan who lives in uh, somewhere outside of London, England. And uh, so she thought it was, the story goes back a year or so. She thought it was ridiculous that churches were going into virtual reality because she's a, she's a neo-pagan and she believes all sorts of crazy stuff. So she actually went into a virtual reality church um, for a purpose of trolling them, of making fun of them, yeah. of disrupting the service to the point that they would make a scene and have to kick her out of the virtual reality platform. And so what happened, though, was that the church embraced her 
Yeah, sure, they muted her for a second, but they let her stick around. They had a conversation, a relationship. They started building a relationship with her. She came back the next week. The third week that she attended church, she was actually helping run some of the technology. She was essentially running the PowerPoint version in virtual reality. She was running the as a, as a neo-pagan Satanist. She's not made a conversion yet. She's developing relationships with this church as well as some other churches. And I'm not sure if it's six to eight months down the road. I've told the story in the book, but she literally accepted Christ through a conversation with one of the members of, of the church. She went from a neo-paganist to a, um, neo, to, a, to a Christian. Now she's no longer Alice, in, uh, Alice Queen of Hell. Her screen name is Alice in the Palace. And, oh. and to be honest, she is helping plant churches in virtual reality in a world that we call that's called rec room so she went from a neo-pagan satanist to a christian to arguably a a a person in the, in the in this area in these communities a person of peace in this area called rec room helping start churches it's a crazy story but it's one of many that we're seeing happen when we're doing things in digital and metaverse community See, the, the, the fact is how is that we see that by engaging in these communities like virtual reality and Facebook groups. And and I can tell you crazy stories about like barbecue church and, and uh, uh, you know, just really unique expressions, tattoo parlor church. Uh, what we're seeing is that we're connecting with a different type of person in these communities than, than what the physical church buildings are, are reaching. Digital, the way that we're doing it, it's not in competition. It's actually right. complementing what the physical church is doing in hopes to complete the Great Commission that God's called us. If you're like most leaders, no one ever actually taught you how to lead a church. Even if you ace seminary, there are so many unanswered questions and problems that no one equipped you for. It's time to take the mystery out of leading your church forward. The Art of Leadership Academy is an online learning community created by Carrie Newhoff. Inside, you'll find a host of premium on-demand courses and the strategies and insights you need to lead and grow your church. Plus, the Art of Leadership Academy offers community hosted by qualified experts and peer-to-peer -peer learning. And you'll get live monthly coaching and done-for-you staff training, all for $397 a year. That's it. No catch. Think of it as the best investment in leadership development you'll make all year. Go to theartofleadershipacademy.com to sign up. That's theartofleadershipacademy.com to learn more and to get instant access. But I mean, as you say that, it makes sense. If I'm sure you don't know who I am, and uh, and I'm sure I can say stuff to you, I'll probably be more honest with you yes, sir. about yes. my pain points, my struggles, my addictions, because who cares if you know? <clears throat> you can't out me. Yep. You, you can't do that. But then maybe there's some, that's cool. So I'm sure there's a lot of stories like that along the way. Crazy. So tell me some of the key distinctives or drivers in the digital church space. What are, what are some things that uh, are, are focus points for you that help move the ball down the field uh, in, in planting churches? And Sure. You know, step one right off the bat, whatever you learned in physical church, forget it. 
Um, it really is a, a different environment. It's a different culture. And so as a result, some of the typical practices of, of what a church is in physical space, the, the challenges digitally are, are completely different. Like, for example, I mean, let's even talk about the sermon. You, a, a physical pastor can stand up on a stage behind a pulpit and preach a sermon for 40 minutes. The people that are in the room are under social pressure to not stand up and leave in the middle of the sermon because they don't want to be perceived as rude. They don't want to make a scene. And, and once again, that's great. By the way, getting a person to attend a physical church service is actually kind of difficult. You've got to get them, connect with them, get them to show up get them to sit down. You want to have a conversation with them afterwards. Like it's not, it's not easy. Now look right. at it through a, through a digital lens, just these two scenarios, a sermon digitally, people will stick around for five seconds. And if they don't like the way that you look, much less what you're saying, they're going to click that red X and leave. And so the strength point of a, of a physical church, the sermon really isn't the strength point digitally. You've got to, You've got to connect in different ways, but getting people to come to the church while it's difficult in, in, a, in a physical to make someone get that track. And there's lots of follow up to actually get people to show up digitally. It's just clicking a link. I can come in. I can pop in. I can look. I can get a feel. I can listen to that song for for 30 seconds and claim that I've, quote unquote, been there. And, you know, as a matter of fact, from stats like Facebook gives you a two second view. If you sneezed while you're watching that video, it counts as as an attendance. And so even some of the metrics of how we're counting physically versus digitally are different. Now, this is not why we should stop doing digital. It's recognizing that digital is different. It takes a different strategy. It takes a different understanding. It takes reimagining some of the ecclesiology, some of the functions of what a church is and trying to figure out how to do that in utilizing some of these digital and metaverse. And, and what Digital, you know, looks like I was joking. Obviously, I wasn't joking. It's very serious, but mentioned TikTok earlier. TikTok is much more complicated because of the nuances of that platform compared to Facebook. Uh, Instagram is going to be much more different than, you know, uh, Be Real or some other social media network. And, and what community looks like, whether it's within those platforms or complemented in some way by like a, an asynchronous community, which maybe we get into. Too, but there's different ways to build a ship, which is the important thing to look at. And, and so the the innovators, the pioneers that are going into the space, there's not a playbook to run. It's more of who are you trying to reach? What's the best way to do that? What tools are you comfortable with? And then helping figure out what the ecclesiology, what the functions of that church actually looks like. So when you say forget what's happened in the local church, the <laughs> physical presence church when you come to digital you're not saying the message or the uh beliefs or the distinctives oh, no, no 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 jesus is the same yesterday today and forever i am not discrediting i am not looking at that at all um you know what I, I would compare it almost to our, our, our micro church brothers how a micro church operates compared to a, a mega church or how a multi-site church differs from a micro. They're, they're on the same mission and vision. There's just two completely different approaches. And yeah. so if you tried to run, you know, if you tried to run a micro church network the way that Rick Warren ran Saddleback, 
it's it's not going to work. And so right. it's not it's not to discredit one model from another. It's just saying you may need to forget some of the operational standpoints in physical gotcha. space because, well, to be frank, like a lot of the, the digital pastors, the majority of the digital pastors, 75% of the digital pastors and planters we're working with are bivocational. And so even how money is raised, because they're working with so much atheists and agnostics, they're not tithing. They are, so they're having to fundraise in different ways, or they're working a nine to five job somewhere else. And then they're doing ministry on top of that, which means volunteering is different. And how do we empower? How do we hold accountable the volunteers that are operating at higher levels where it's normally staff? What does discipleship look like in these digital spaces compared to what physical looks like? What's the engagement pathway or process? Like there's, there's just lots of different questions and it's not difficult to navigate, but it's recognizing that really this is a different way of thinking, just like a microchurch network would be a different way of thinking. So if I went on your website, uh, could I click in and see how one of these churches function? Do you have links uh, there? To you know, what we actually did was through Leadership Network, through Metaverse Church Next, maybe we can grab a link and put it in the show notes, but we did a, a walkthrough of a virtual reality church. Uh, we walked through um, Oasis Church VR. And, and so what's interesting about Oasis is every week, he's actually, this is interesting. The guy is the lead pastor. He's another guy. I don't know his name. His name's VR Tiger. Uh, but VR Tiger has been running his church Oasis since about February or March. And every week he builds a new world. You see, he's preaching through the Old Testament, Hal which is interesting because nobody preaches through the Old Testament. But he's going back and he's telling a bunch of these old stories. Uh, he's not a pastor. He's a He was a creative director. He's a creative director. He runs his own agency in the real in the physical world. But in virtual, he he's, preaches every week. And, and like so I walked through one of these worlds that he built for Old Testament. And it's literally the, um, the parting of the Red Sea. And so I am um, on the ground walking on the bottom of the sea floor as waves are towering over me and i'm hearing so like this is, what's happening this is vr this is virtual reality yeah. and, and so i am and, and he is there's scripture telling the story and he's walking through this this virtual world that he's built retelling the story this immersive story and he's talking about the sermon that he's preaching while walking this and he's talking about how hey this is the spot right here where a woman broke down crying she was so emotionally taken by what was happening and it reconnected her to part of her faith with the old testament that she had lost and starting to tell the story like there so we've got that in in metaverse church next one of the the virtual reality show that we do uh through leadership network and so we can link to okay, that okay okay tell me where you find that meta metaverse that is going to be it's it's going to be I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link but that's on uh leadership network's youtube channel okay. uh, and so uh bruce can get you that for for purposes as well but we've got a number uh through that uh through my role as leadership network's director of metaverse church uh there's been lots of conversations that we've had with a number of uh pastors and ministers in uh in digital and in, in metaverse honestly really even celebrating some of the stuff we've done 
through Digital Church Network, not from the network side, but more of how these churches have been succeeding and, and what some of the challenges, even some of these churches that we've been helping, what are the challenges they're facing in, in this? And how are they not just doing a church service, but what is discipleship? What is relationship? look like in, in these in these communities through virtual reality through blockchain and crypto through you know some as some of the other technologies bringing awareness to that as, as we're growing out the metaverse wow this is really interesting i thought after hearing you speak a couple times on this i understood a lot but what i'm really realizing is i didn't and i still don't so so uh t- tell me some of the key learnings you're you're grasping here as you're uh, hooking churches together and you're hearing stories and all that. Totally, totally, completely. Um, probably the best thing in digital is, is to understand this. Ask questions, don't make statements. It's much better to use question marks than periods. And for the love of all that's good in the world, never use an exclamation mark. Uh, what we are trying to do is we are trying to build relationships with people that are in digital community. And by the way, this these roles apply to your physical church that's doing digital ministry. You don't want to yell at people. You don't you and you don't even want to tell people what to believe right off the bat. You want to learn from the people. This is where you build relational equity. This is where you build trust. This is where you build that friendship, that relationship. Book number 2, Hal. I don't even know if you know this. Book number 2, uh we're actually turning it into the publisher here uh at to Exponential. We're running this to Exponential here. In the next couple of weeks, uh, Dave Ferguson himself, in Dave we trust, uh, is probably my <laughs> boss. He's probably my boss two or three times. It's it's cool. I love him. But he approached me. He said, "Jeff, so I've got this thing called uh, blessed practices. You know, we do it in the physical church. Would this work digitally?" And uh, and so I looked at it. You know, blessed practices begin with prayer. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Eat together. Serve share your story in jesus okay so i think i think prayer works digitally i believe that prayer works in the metaverse listening definitely works like there is there's no question on that or on the prayer holy spirit can move in that space hey dave how are we going to eat together like what does that look like and he's like jeff you you figure it out you do whatever you want with it it's yours and so i I brought in 15 or 20 digital and metaverse pastors and planters Dave Ferguson was on the call. This was back in like May. Hey, guys, this is what we're doing. Here's the framework. Here's the big story. Um, what's working? What's not working? And everybody was like, eat together. What do we, what do, we do? And it, and it was funny. There was a, there was Mark Lutz, uh, who's with the network. Uh, he's actually a podcast here. He was Absolutely. one of the, uh, um, one of the, the ventures, I, I think, in 22, 21. Yes. He, he says, hey, Jeff, you know what eating together is for me? When I experience uh, people by playing video games, because he's a gamer church. And, and, and for him, it's that shared experience of playing video games. And somebody else, the barbecue church guy was like, hey, it's for me. It's when, when we do this with, with, with barbecue, we get to share, you know, some, some photos and stories and, and, and talk about, you know, cooking stuff. And, and somebody else is talking about when they're jumping on a Zoom call together and, and talking in person. But all of these pastors and planters started celebrating how that experiences are the things that's uniting them. And so it quickly became, begin with prayer, invite the Holy Spirit into the conversation. Before you start platforming what you think is right, listen to the person to build credibility 
share an experience with them that doesn't have anything to do with Jesus. You're strictly building that relationship, which leads you to the point of serving people digitally. Yes, you can serve people in digital in the metaverse. Take a moment, think about it, figure it out. Uh, and then once you have all that relationship, this is where you talk about Jesus. Once again, not using periods and exclamation marks, but drawing them into that conversation and helping them understand what Jesus means to you. And so the book that's coming out February, January, sometime 23, this is actually the process for what a digital missionary looks like. Not a, not a pastor, but how do we empower normal people to be on mission for Jesus, utilizing digital and metaverse technology, hoping to spread the gospel, not just in physical space, but digitally and in virtual reality. That's so good. That's really good. So you took the the bless evangelism strategy, if we were to call it that, and turned showed how that works in the virtual space. And the book comes out when uh, sometime January, February. It's uh, I've got to I got to get it in by December first here, twenty two. We're doing this recording, and so it's a sprint. But um, yeah, look for it. And, and I know it's going to be uh, the reason we're kind of rushing that one through is I know it's tying in closely to Exponential uh, Global Conference in Orlando. And so they wanted to make a big deal about it there too. Good, good, good. So uh, what's some of the biggest challenges you face? What's credibility? the biggest rock? Credibility? Yeah, I mean, when, when I talk publicly, uh, when I talk publicly about digital church planting, I know 40%, and I know this because I almost always ask this question right at the beginning. 40% of the room agrees with me. 40% of the room thinks I'm nuts uh, just for even some of the stuff I'm suggesting. And 20% of the room is at least going to give me the grace to figure out where I'm going. And then they're going to make their decision at, at the end. Uh, and so like there's, especially in some of this virtual reality stuff, like there's a lot of hate. I've probably gotten 10 times more negative comments uh, on, on the idea of a virtual reality church specifically virtual reality baptisms and, and communion and virtual reality. Some of that gets, uh, yeah, sure, it's, it's a little controversial. I get it. It's fine. Um, and, you know, what's interesting is a lot of the negativity, I, I would say, honestly, I don't think it's consistent. You know, a lot of the things that they're being negative in, in digital space, hey, people can be fake. People, uh, guess what? People can be fake and physical as well. And I'm not just talking catfish. I'm talking that person who says, everything's great. I got the smile on. Look at me. Or, or sure. the person that slides out the door without making that connection, the person that doesn't have that small group or that relationship, someone in their life. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a consistently a problem in digital or in physical space as well sure. as, as digital and virtual. And so what's what's interesting is there's even, you know, some of like the mental health challenges. We're actually inviting people to go be on mission in spaces, digital and, and virtual reality. These are addictive places. So how are we equipping people to go be on mission there's a higher percentage of people that are, are that are in low dark places talking suicidal depression ad addictive behaviors how are we equipping people to to minister to those people once again these are volunteers how are we equipping volunteers to handle a suicidal person shoot right. I, some of our physical churches don't even can't even right. figure that one out um and then how are we protecting people from secondhand trauma how are we getting them in a community where they can work through some of these low, dark expressions that are being dumped on them by others. And, and so, you know, I'm open here saying we don't have all the answers yet, 
but we love the fact that we get to work with pioneering churches, pioneering planters in digital metaverse space while we're drawing attention to the issues and working that through uh, with those that are willing to help. Wow. I love this, man. So uh, anything I haven't asked you a question about, you need to tell us something you're, you think I wish you'd ask me this question. So, yeah, um, I have a medical disease, which called <laughs> laughter induced syncope. Uh, when I laugh too hard, I will actually pass out. This is an honest to God truth. <laughs> um, I, I was doing an online Bible study in this. If you could watch me on zoom, I'm literally sitting in the chair. I was right now in 2019. Uh -huh. And a friend of mine that was in the Bible study I was I was I was teaching, he cracked a joke, and he and this is going to be sound so stupid, but he showed whatever the chimp was from Planet of the Apes. He pulled up his phone, and just seeing that image with the joke with everything else, I passed out. Now I'm in a sliding chair. I'm in the same sliding chair I was in 2019, and so the chair went to my left, which means my body went to the right. I hit the ground so hard, passed out. Blood literally seeped through my pores onto the tile i had a concussion because i passed out and hit the concrete and hit a hit a tile hard tile floor uh because i was laughing because of a joke so how you've been way too uppity and, and happy i'm gonna need you to tone it down i can't i can't handle this well you, you know I, when you first said that i thought my new task is to make that guy laugh so hard he passes out and then you drop the rock of i was bleeding through my head and i had a concussion i thought yeah but maybe I'll Probably put not. rubber rubber mats down on the floor and do it or something like that. It's hey. funny when it when it first happened. I actually live streamed people who were attempting to kill me. Like there there were dozens of people that were trying to get me to pass out. And so anytime somebody would come up, I'm like, hey, I'm going to stream this on Facebook. Like let's see how good you are. And, and some people would like run away. And some people would give it a shot. But that was that's oh, my that's defense funny. mechanism. The 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 iPhone with uh, with streaming. Very good. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Uh, I'm excited for what you're doing. And I know anybody listening to this is going to want to check things out further. So give us your website one more time. Yeah, sure. Uh, for Digital Church Network, you can check out digitalchurch.network. There's links to join the community. There's links to, to give and to support the ministry that we're, we're doing. There's links to engage with me directly. And I'll tell you what, just because I love the audience here, uh, I'm going to give you my cell phone number. And so you want to reach out to me directly, feel free to do that. You can, by the way, if you want to text, probably get a quicker response than the actually calling. But it's the phone number is 484-324-8724. If you're global, obviously it's plus one, 484-324-8724. Man, thanks for your honesty today and your authenticity. and all God's doing through you in the kingdom work. Thank you, man. My, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.